Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, friends. It's BC Radio Live. I'm Eric Olson, publisher of Blog Critics. And as you may or may not know, if you're a, if you're a reader, if you're a fan of the site, we have a totally new design that went up last week. We're terribly excited about it. We're still working out all the kinks and adding madly adding back in features and new features. But man, the reaction has really been amazing. People really like the new look and the navigation and that is gratifying indeed. We'll be talking about blog critics. Specifically, we'll be speaking with one of our writers, Robert Barga, about iPhone apps. He is the king of the iPhone apps. Been reviewing them, talking about them. He's also a sports fan. He's a fellow Buckeye. I know he's down there in Columbus. I'm up in the Cleveland area. So we'll be chatting about all that, and Lisa and Philip will join us for that half hour. But first... And certainly, certainly not least, I'm very excited. We have film director with a brand new movie coming out. In fact, it uh, looks like it uh, opened in Austin and will soon be opening in L.A. and other select markets. We'll be chatting about that, of course, shortly. But the director's name is Dror Soref. Soref. Got to say it right. I, I was, I was going to say Soref, but it's Soref. And uh, Dror is on the line, so welcome, Dror. Yes, thank you, thank you. Very, very happy to be there. Well, <laughs> I'm, we're very happy that you're there and and here and and all of the above. Well, this is uh, very exciting. Looks like the the film, the new film, is getting a tremendous response. It's called Not Forgotten, and you directed, co-wrote, and produced. It stars Simon Baker, Paz Vega, and Claire Forlani. And the film was selected for a special screening at the Slamdance Film Festival. All screenings sold out, entering in thunderous ovations. The Hollywood Reporter and Variety really loved the movie. And wow, that's that's a pretty great start, huh? That's, that's an awesome start, yes. Thank you very much. I also was very fortunate to uh, this past weekend to get additional uh, reviews, uh, additional three reviews in the, in the local Austin papers, and all of them were very positive. Um, and uh, so now we have five, um, five out of five. Pretty, pretty good uh, batting average. Yeah, I'd say that's a thousand. You know. Yes, yes. And 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 the movie just, just get this. I mean, the uh, it, it's hard to you know it's awful to brag, but uh, I'm just going to give you the, just the, the stats. The the uh, in that one theater that we were in, there were four movies. Uh, there was ours, of course. There was uh, X Men. Um, you know, uh, Wolverine. There was um, Ghost of Girlfriend's Past, and there was Adventureland. And in that theater, we more than doubled, our, our box office uh, more than doubled um, all of them combined. Wow. And the, yeah. So, and, and the biggest hit, of course, in, in, in the world right now is, is X-Men. Sure. We, we more than tripled X-Men in that theater, more than tripled uh, X-Men. So Amazing. Very, very How do you fun. account for that? Um, I think, well, first of all, that was the only theater that was available. Uh, I think that um, it, it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's the word of mouth, the, even, even before, that it was, uh, it's pretty hot. We have um, hot uh, stars in the film. They are really good looking um, for the ladies. We have um, Simon Baker, and for the guys, we have Paz Vega. I think Paz is, uh, is awesome. I think She's I'm a tamale, cool. man. Yeah, <laughs> she is. She is, and... Uh, and anyway, and, and uh, it, it, it's a it's a really uh, cool, cool, cool something. She different. was the wasn't she the female lead in Spanglish with Adam Sandler? That's correct. Ah, so lots of people have seen that and know yeah. her. And Simon Baker is, is a real familiar face. Um, I know he's what isn't he Australian originally, but he's, he's been around Australian. here for quite a while. Yes, he's Australian. Yeah. And uh, what's isn't he on a TV show? Yeah, he's the Mentalist. He is the mentalist. That's the that, number one TV show right now. That is pretty hot, I'd say, huh? That's very hot, and uh, cannot be luckier. You know, when we uh, made the movie, it was just before he got on the show, so uh, <laughs> uh, he was kind of a somewhat unknown. Uh, and um, when 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 we uh, when we shot the film, well, you were perspicacious indeed, weren't you? Were, I, was it you who cast him? Yes, I did. Yes, that was mm. my thing. Yeah. Um, well, good job, good work. Hey, well, let's. Uh, well, before we get into any more detail, let's send people to the site, the yes. website for the movie. And again, it's called Not Forgotten. 
and it's at www.notforgottenthemovie. No, no, not that. Just notforgottenmovie.com. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm, I took off my glasses like <laughs> like a dummy. Yes, absolutely right. www.notforgottenmovie.com. And you got all kinds of cool flash stuff going on. You can click on the learn about the filmmakers, synopsis, the cast, videos, photos, and news. Well, since I haven't seen it yet, uh, it's again just coming out, and uh, I'm not sure what the this, this was a somewhat last minute situation. Although I'm really excited that we could that it came together uh, for your schedule to do uh, the show tonight. Why don't we? Uh, why don't you tell people about the film? It sounds like it's pretty pretty dark and kind of a thriller, and there's lots of uh, lots of interesting things going on, and there's some travel. I, as it opens, I guess it's uh, it's an American town uh, on or near the Mexican border. Yes, it, it takes place uh, at on um, it takes place on the Texas-Mexico border in a small town called Del Rio, Del Rio, Texas. And, and the story takes place in Del Rio and also, as, as the plot progresses, the other side of the border in Acuna, Mexico. And, um, it, you know, it, it starts out... Hello? Hello, hello. Yeah, Hi. I, 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 got, I got something. Uh, somebody put talking to me. I'm, I'm still on? Yes, you're on and, and rolling. Oh, okay, good. So, anyway, so the, um, the, the, the story starts in... in um, in, in Del Rio and uh, with, a, with a middle class and family where everything is perfect. But as, the, as it rolls along, things starting to evolve and we find, we find um, things that are happening, happening underneath the surface. We find out that uh, the characters are not necessarily who they say they are and it takes us in um, very dark twists throughout the picture until, until the very end. Which is uh, another series of twists, um, and so it's a it's a mystery, but it's it's uh, it's very heavily Latin flavored, both in the in the visuals and and, and and everything else, but also in the music. Yeah, I saw uh, Mark Isham is yeah, the is the uh, did your music, and yeah. I it, he's not typically known for doing a lot of Latin music, is he? No, no, he's not. He did. Uh, I mean, he was nominated for the Oscar for River Runs uh, Through It. He was uh, similarly with Crash and, and other other other. Big oh guys. yeah, I know he's one of the most prolific yes. movie film guys. I have a number of his soundtracks. Yeah, no, he he is absolutely fantastic, and I was uh, very lucky that he he agreed to do the score in my film. Um, uh, and and uh, I think he did a spectacular job. The music is incredible. No, he's. The music in the film that his thing is not particularly Latin. Uh, it, it's very unique, but the the uh, the source music is Latin, or 100% of the source music, which there's plenty of, uh, is Latin. Also, the, the the source music coming from different sources, so to speak. In other words, in the same scene, you hear uh, music from one place, from the right, music from the center, music from the left, because on the streets of the Mexican scenes. Um, you get a um, you know plethora of different music all mushed together, <laughs> you know. So, so there, there, you, there's a lot of it. You were one of the co-writers. How how did the how did the story come together? It doesn't sound like it has any particular relationship to your life, does it? No, he has actually no relationship. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and uh, <laughs> so. The uh, the story started because uh, a friend of mine invited me to come to Del Rio, Texas. He he is that he can this guy. He is the the guy who played mariachi uh, in the movie El Mariachi. His name is Carlos Gallardo. Sure. So he ended up in in, in a party in my house uh, in in, in uh, Beverly Hills uh, <laughs> some time ago, and uh, and we start talking. And he invited me to come down to Del Rio and Acuna. He's from Acuna. He's Mexican from Acuna. So I, I came down there, and and, uh, and I brought with me Tomas Romero, who we were, we were working on something else at the time. I said, Tomas, you want to come to uh, to the Rio? I said, okay, fine. So we went down there, and um, we spent a few days, and, and we were fascinated by the by the place. And on the flight back, I wrote down a few notes, and I said, here, this is the this is our story. And he looked at it, and said, yeah, that's the story. 
<laughs> and that was the basic for a basis for um for for uh, not forgotten. Interesting. So now is that a town uh you know there's there's so many of those kind of paired towns, you yeah. know, between the American and uh and Mexican borders. Is that a place where they're having uh, you know some of the drug wars or or is that uh, what fascinates you about that yeah, no, it, it wasn't the drugs. Uh, I don't think that that's that's where the drugs uh, um, wars are happening. Um, I mean, I, at least I wasn't aware of it. The uh, what was fascinating was really the another aspect, uh, which was the prostitution. The uh, Cunha um, has a uh, right next to it. There's a hill that is um, teamed with with uh, uh, whorehouses. And, uh, you know, and, and, you know, the, the bordellos. I don't know what the right proper way of saying it. Um, but it, and, and it, like, you know, there it, are so many euphemisms. Yes, okay. <laughs> cat house. <laughs> I always love that one. I don't know where that one came from. <laughs> I don't know. But let's let's say bordellos. I think that's the coolest. It kind of like sounds French and sort of yes, it does, and it has a it has an air of class to it. Exactly. So so you know, it, in Mexico, at least there, it is semi tolerated. I mean, it's 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 it's, it's tolerated for sure. And I think it's kind of like. Semi-legal, or I don't know, I don't know what it is, but it's right there in the open, and uh, it's called Boys Town, and um, and and it's like a separate hill. There's a, there's there's a, a different um, exit to this place, which there are no signs, nothing. And then as you get closer, you see all these neons, and and you see all these whorehouses or bordellos, excuse me. The red light district. It's a red light district that is strictly though. Strictly uh, bordellos, and and, um, and what happens is that that as you go uh, further up the hill, you get the better ones, the most you know expensive, exclusive kind of. I'm not really exclusive, but most expensive, and and that kind of like um, that was so fascinating that that uh, part of my notes on, on the flight back what had to do with um, the movie and then the book East of Eden, which. Uh, um, you know, kind of has that. It, it takes place in California, but it has similar kind of a, of, a, of a texture and feel to it. And uh, and and we, uh, Tomas and I, Tomas Romero and I, we we uh, weaved it uh, very much into the, the the Latino culture, which both of, of us know very well. And um, and and then we added um, a lot of story issues, but also um, the cult, which is also uh, is very. Um, um, prominent in, in Mexico, and uh, and is coming to the United States. It's called the Santa Muerte, which is uh, Holy Death, which is um, um, a cult that originated in Mexico City, in in, uh, in part of Mexico City, in slum of Mexico City, which is called Tepito. So all of these elements are part of our of our story, and um, and and the, at the heart of the story, it really we're dealing with secrets and lies and how. How not confronting those secrets and lies uh, takes you on a dwindling spiral to destruction. Now, I, I saw that in in um, in, in one of the uh, the releases about the film, and um, and I thought that was really interesting. It, it, do you do you picture that uh, kind of from a, a philosophical point of view, or or from a literal point of view? In other words. Uh, it, it, is the act of of lying and deception and maintaining that? Do, do you f- perceive that to have a, a physical effect on the person, or or is it more a metaphor? It's strictly philosophical. From that standpoint, a metaphor would be the right the right thing. It's like I don't I don't know if if, if this has been my intention. I don't know if people see the film even think about it. But I, but but there was I went through. I don't know. How many drafts of this screenplay? It, it's more, more more than forty, more than forty. I mean, wow! You know, yes, I mean, many many drafts. That's a lot of rewriting. That's a lot of rewriting. It was basically it was basically rewriting. It was the process was rewriting and then rewriting and then rewriting and then rewriting. And at some point you have to shoot, so you stop. And, and um, okay, that's good enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so what what kept me from from okay knowing. You know, how much do you change? I don't know how to actually explain it. It's like knowing that there are certain things 
that you don't change. The core philosophical belief that I have, which is what I was trying to communicate, that I don't change. And everything else, okay, we can make it cooler, better, and, and I, I think we did, and, and more interesting and more fascinating and, and with more twists. And tighten things. The same thing. Yeah, and tighten it, yeah. So that, that, that's kind of like what, uh, but, and I, again, other people, we just could be, be just fascinated by the fact that there is just a uh, um, very involved and, and intense uh, story. What's it rated? Rated R. And and what in it makes it R-ish? Oh oh boy, well, all I, of it? Uh, almost all of it. It, it has uh, it has uh, definitely some nudity. Uh, I, you know, after a while, we're dealing with with prostitutes and things of that nature. Uh, sure. And we in in strip clubs and things. So there's not a nudity. Every so manner of nonsense. I'm sorry. Every manner of nonsense. Strip clubs, bordellos. Yes. And and uh, and also um, there, there is uh, there is um, some violence. There's some violence. I think there's one scene which I think is going to be very memorable. <laughs> powerful. Very very yeah very very. I, I think this is going to be very powerful. It, it, it's violent, and um, the language is not is not that bad. I think if those those uh, sex and violence. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is those are core American values. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> but you know. I, I, uh, truthfully, I was not going for it. I think those, you know, I was just, uh, you know, dealing with what uh, um, it was that were the is, you know, I mean, the environment that I was living in, you know. Right. The the story, uh, yeah. you know, presented itself. You, you had yeah. to be true to the story. Exactly, and and, and true to the characters, and and uh, and these 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 are the characters, and these are this is what the story is, and this is the environment that we're in, and and. Um, and I'm not gonna just like um, disnify it, you know what I mean? I just I want to make it very real, and uh, and, and and the whole issue of, of the cult and and all of these um, um, mysteriousness and and you know that kind of stuff. So now, is there an actual supernatural element to it? Yes, yes. I mean, the cult is real. It's absolutely real. The and cult is real in the real world. Yes, real in the real world. There's an and so it turns world. out that. That uh, that Simon's character uh, is Im- used to be involved with this this Mexican cult. Correct. You find out from as the as the movie progresses that the soccer dad is not really who he says he is. I mean, he still is that, but but he has he has a past and uh, and an event in the film, uh, the disappearance of his uh, daughter, takes him back. To places he does not want to go to. So is that a, a question of the past catching up with him? Yes. Has he been running from the past? Um, to, to, he thought that the past is really just the past. I mean, it's, he, he's not running from the past. He already ran from the past. He's just uh, starting over, and, and everything is cool. And was his was his current wife uh, a part of that past life, or is, or is she no. part of the starting over? Part of starting over. Ah, so she doesn't know about all this. No, you'll find out when you see the film. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to learn too much. Of course, we don't want to give away too much. Hey, but speaking of that, how can people see it, and where can they see it, and how, or how, where can they go to find out where they can see it, and when they can see it? Okay, well, the the one place you mentioned is the uh, the website. Okay, and let's say that not- again: www. dot not forgotten movie. Dot com. Okay, I'm on the site. So is it under news? Uh, it, it, it would be under news. Yeah. Okay. And oh, oh, I see. Like, down at the bottom too. It says "See Not Forgotten in Theater." So it's in, okay. May first. It was in Austin. Okay. Fifteenth at the Man uh, Six, Man's Chinese Six in Hollywood. I've been there. And also May fifteenth at the Plant Sixteen in Van Nuys. Correct. And May fifteenth at AMC Deer Valley in Phoenix. Correct, Phoenix, Arizona. So the fifteenth is is uh, a selected opening, and then where do we go from there? Then it depends on how we do in um, in LA and Phoenix and, and Austin. We Austin, of course, did, did spectacularly well. Yeah. So if we're going to continue that train, then then they're going to roll it out to uh, to other 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 locations. I don't know. The truth of the matter is that I don't know. And uh, so the key, the key for us or anybody that is in one of these lo- these locations, 
right. to support the film the opening weekend, in other words, the, the weekend of May 15th. And the reason that, that we, we, we would like for people to come is because, you know, we cannot, we don't, we, you know, our distributor doesn't have the money to put it in the 4,000 theaters just like, you know, X-Men can do and put a hundred gazillions, trazillions of dollars behind it and promote it and shove it over everybody's throat. <laughs> we have to rely strictly on word of mouth and on shows like yours. And who's the distributor? Uh, the distributor is Anchor Bay Films. They are, they are owned by stars, um, you know. Yeah, right, right. Well, so I mean, at least that's medium big, anyway. Yeah, yeah, no, those are those are those, you know, those are. Those are yeah, that's a they have the capacity if if they if they choose. Exactly, they definitely have the capacity. So what we got to show is that people want to see it. And that it's that it's worthy of it's of, worthy, yeah. <laughs> of such a thing. Yeah. All right. Well, well, yeah. Let's say it again. So it's it's two L.A. area theaters. It's the Man Chinese uh, in Hollywood. It's the Plant 16 in Van Nuys, and it's the AMC Deer Valley 30 in Phoenix. And that is all on. All three of those are on the 15th, Correct. and that is uh, Friday. So that's a week from Friday. Correct. And, uh, wow, so you must be kind of on pins and needles <laughs> waiting to see how that turns out. I sure am. I sure am. I'm Are you appearing at any of those? I will appear in the, uh, in the, in the main Chinese, and, um, and, uh, and, and it's, still, it's still in the planning. I would like to come to, to also the one in Van Nuys, and maybe I'll come to Phoenix. And I'll do whatever I can to, <laughs> to promote the film. I just came back from Austin. And I did a number of Q and A's after after screenings. I went to also on Monday after the uh, the weekend. I went to uh, a film class at the University of Texas, and uh, you know we, we talked about about just you know this was for directors. So I talked about directing films and all of that and things like that. So I, I would um, I'm, I'm <laughs> trying to do whatever I can to let people know about the film. Sure, of course. Well, obviously you've put uh, how much time have you put into this? Well, it's um, it's a long time. It's more than than it's uh, more. I say it jokingly, more than seven and less than nine. So it's eight years. Oh my! Yes. Really? And when was when was it filmed? What was your film? No, the, the film it was uh, just uh, it was last year. It was last year, and we, we filmed it in New Mexico, most of it, in around in and around uh, Santa Fe, and then we did a few days in in Mexico itself, in uh, outside of Mexico City. Interesting, and 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 um, part of the plot does take place in Mexico City, right? Um, part of the plot takes place in Mexico. In other words, we also in Mexico City, uh, but that's very little part of it. Um, the other part takes place the Acuna part, which is the border, right? Mexican border town. We shot in 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 a town that is just outside Mexico City. Oh, I see. Because of because it looks it looks great, and uh, and I uh, you know we scouted every town around there. We had to stay somewhat around Mexico City because that's where the crews are coming from. And uh, and I had a particular vision of how I wanted, uh, you know, Acuna is, uh, uh, I, I wanted to create my own Acuna, the one I had in my mind, rather than the real one. Interesting. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, so we went to a town called Pachuca, which is uh, an old mining town uh, about an hour and a half um, outside of Mexico City. And, and this was pre-swine flu, of course. Yes, it was pre. Yeah, it was well pre. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Wow. Well, that is quite a labor. Eight years, uh, most of it in the planning and development, I assume, and in yes. getting the, got to get the funds together. And man, you know, it always comes back that I talked to a lot of filmmakers, kind of, you know, a number of directors, some producers, um, lots of actors, and, and you know, just kind of. It, it almost always seems to circle back to money, you know. I mean, yeah. it, be, people, no matter how great you are on the creative side, no matter what wonderful writer you are and director and 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 all the rest, it kind of nothing works if you don't have the money, right? That is absolutely correct. So the so, two, you go ahead. I, well, I was just gonna say, I'm curious. I don't want to put you on the spot, but you know, you you really do have a pretty pretty high high powered cast. Uh, like you say, you kind of lucked out a bit, but still, nonetheless, 
some very recognizable names uh, throughout the rest of the cast too. And I was looking at you know I, I recognize pretty much every every face in the cast. Yeah. And uh, you know it sounds like your production values are are quite high and, yeah. and you had locations and whatnot. I'm just curious what did it what is the cost of the film? The cost is close to ten million dollars. And that's a lot for a, a lot, yes. for an indie film. That's yes. not nothing at all. No, no, no. It's not nothing at all. When you see it, you you understand. It's like I had, you know, my, my director of photography. He he shot like Water for Chocolate, and he did you know, Monster, and he did uh, a bunch of movies, uh, big time studio studio films, and all grossed over a hundred million. My uh, my um, editor, his name is Martin Hunter. Uh, he uh, he was the editor of. Um, uh, full Metal Jacket for um, Stanley Kubrick. And wow! Uh, so I, <laughs> I had some really, really, really good film, uh, and uh, you know Mark Heisham, which you just mentioned. Right. And um, yeah, so, so anyway, so it's um. It There's a lot of big name talent associated yeah, with this. A lot of big films. Now, now, how many films is this for you? This is my, uh, my uh, kind of like really my debut. I've, I've done another film beforehand called. Uh, the seventh coin, but it was so long ago, and it was uh, uh, really a tiny little budget. Uh, I did have Peter O'Toole in it, um, and, and uh, that's not nothing. <laughs> so that's not nothing at all. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> I'm lucky with that. Uh, but uh, but it was uh, it was came out in '93, and I um, mostly have done commercials and music videos. Yeah, I saw that. You were in fact. I've I've heard of that the the company that you put yes. together and you worked with a lot of big big name uh, directors for that right yes I, I, we, we I was worked with and that's kind of like how um, um, how I I try to to get better is like by by working with uh, you know it's not that I work with them not collaborating with them but I see I see those guys how they work how they think and those directors were fantastic and I learned. A, Huge amount uh, from uh, from my colleagues. So, what's the name of that production company? It was called Orbit. Orbit. And are you still doing that? Uh, commercials? No, no. It, it was you know that that was that's kind of like the point. You either, uh, at least for me, I decided to dedicate everything towards making movies, and and because the the other stuff is such a distraction, and and and, and the money that you make is nice, but that's. That's almost um, a golden cage. I mean, it's like right, sure. You know, no, I understand that. You gotta just dedicate yourself to just doing it. Come anytime. And it's hard, and it's hard to turn that money down, isn't it? To turn yeah. away, to walk away from that. Of course it is. Yeah, I, I had to. You know, I, I actually sold my house and and um, at, a, at a good time. And uh, oh, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> glad you, that happened for you. And and, and I, I financed my living, my my family's living during during that period of time, and uh, so I can I can make a film. So that was the Beverly Hills house. Yeah, that was the Beverly. No more Beverly Hills. Oh my. So where do you live now? Well, I live in a nice place. I don't know where. I live in the Hancock Park in in, in Los Angeles. It's a yeah, place. that's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad, but it's not what I had. But who cares? Right. Well, you're doing obviously what you want to do and yeah. put eight years of your life into and right. yeah you know i don't want to ratchet up the tension anymore for you here but <laughs> <laughs> man there's a lot riding on that may 15th i yeah, wish i wish i was there i wish i could go i wish i could be there for you I, I wish you were but you have a big megaphone well i'm trying we're trying yeah uh-huh. and we'll i will uh we will certainly get the word out the, the, besides just being live it, it's also rec- automatically recorded so it's available for streaming you know from now on so it'll always be there great and and um it, you know we can refer to the uh just refer people to the show's u r l you know we're actually on there's an there, there's an actual page for this specific show this iteration of the show. Uh, will will be there, you know, forever, and we'll we'll make sure the word gets out about that. Cause, yeah, wow, it sounds like a great movie. It sounds it's a lot of stuff I love, man. I love anything with anything cool with cults. My gosh, cults, how cool, you know. And and I'm uh, I'm from L.A. originally, so I'm certainly interested in that whole border phenomena. That's it's a fascinating. Uh, it, the whole concept of borders I find fascinating because there's such ambiguity, and and you have the duality of it, and and I love that idea, that mental image of okay, here's the line. So 
I jumped over. I'm in Mexico. I jumped back. I'm in the U.S. I jumped over. I'm in Mexico. And and just the oddness, you know, that that all of the uh, the rules and and the the laws and and you know, state of mind uh, changes when right. when you cross that border. And yet there's that zone on either side, on both sides, where where really you're in both places. You know where there is ambiguity, um, right. and and at least culturally, you know yeah. they're very similar. A lot of similarities. That's right, and that that's what the dichotomy here is that it it's um, it's a border with completely different cultures. On the other hand, is basically the same culture. So it's it it and, and other people are practically all. I mean, the vast majority on the American side also. Uh, uh, Latin Latinos and and um, of course sure. the Mexican side too, and it, it, it and it's and it, it, they are a hop back and forth, particularly before September 11. But even now they go back and forth, they go back and forth, they go back and forth. And it's like it's the same community. You just uh, there's a there's a river there and then and a border. But okay, so you deal with that, you know. Right, right. But it's it's you know and then you know. So, well, I sure uh, look forward to seeing it. I, I wish you all the best. I hope every single seat at the Man's Chinese 6 in Hollywood and the Plant 16 in Van Nuys and the AMC Deer Valley 30 in Phoenix, I hope every seat is taken up. And uh, it's, a, it's an exciting time, of course, but uh, one fraught with, <laughs> with – uh, I'm sure it is – I'm sure it is uh, – playing upon your nerves as well. So I, I really do hope things go well for you. Congratulations on the success so far. It sounds like it sure has been well-received until now, and I really look forward to seeing it myself. Let's refer people to the site again. It's www.notforgottenmovie.com. And really have enjoyed speaking with you, Drawer. Really, really interesting guy. Great movie, it sounds like. And uh, and a lot of tenacity to get that, put that together over eight years. That's, that's, <laughs> I, ad, I admire you and, and, uh, and wish you only the best on it. Thank you very, very much. Thank you very much for giving me this, uh, this opportunity. And thank you very much. It was a very pleasant conversation. Absolutely. Really enjoyed it. Hope to talk to you again. I hope to talk to you when when we can just when you're just reveling in in all of the you know, the wide score the ride release and and awards and all kinds of great stuff. Yeah, thank you very much. Okay. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye bye, Drawer. Bye bye. All right. Well, uh I just you know, reminded myself that I'm actually the guy who controls the show. So that means if I if I click on the switchboard here, which I I think I'll do, we can bring in Lisa and we can bring in Philip and we can bring in Robert. So are you all there? I'm here. I feel so I feel so brought in. <laughs> you're you're a kept man. <laughs> it never felt so good. So did you hear the interview with Dror Soros? I, I heard about the last uh, eight minutes of it or so. That was really interesting. Very interesting. And kind of in, you know, in your general area of the world. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to go back and listen to the whole show when I have a little more time later. Yeah, really interesting. Uh, it's like a, it's a thriller about a, a, a seemingly perfect family. Uh, the child disappears. They live on a border town between uh, in Texas, and uh, the the husband, I guess, I haven't seen it, of course, but the husband's uh, past is is revealed and involves a cult in Mexico and all kinds of really interesting stuff. And and, and as I was getting into dr- the director Dror Soriff's uh, bio, I realized that I was actually pretty familiar with his with the um, with the ad company he made a he directed a hundred television commercials in the nineties uh, with the uh, uh, orbit company and he had all these big time directors coming in working for him uh, doing TV commercials so real interesting past originally Israeli but he's been here in the u s for twenty five years and uh, yeah it sounds like a great film and and talk about everything on the line he doesn't know he has no idea what kind of rollout the film's going to get until they see how it does in just three 
three, count them, theaters on May 15th. Isn't that crazy? So how's that for tension? That's tense. That's where you want to you station people standing outside each of those theaters. And anybody you see walking in looking grumpy, you go, listen, listen, here's 50 bucks. Go have dinner somewhere. <laughs> only, only let people in that look like they're in a great mood. Well, he did have he did have the first showing, the first public showing was on May first, and in Austin, I think there was some connection to University of Texas, uh, but it was in Austin, and in that theater, I think he's, I think there were four, I think there were four, um, three other, you know, uh, screens in that in that complex, and there's uh, his film uh, doubled what the next. The next one did, and the, the second highest one was Wolverine, uh, X-Men. So, you know, the one that's leading in the whole rest of the country, and his doubled it. And, uh, you know, total sellout and standing ovation and all that. So, uh, you know, hopefully that's an indication of things to come. Yeah, no kidding. And, Lisa, I, I don't know, have we done anything on it? Are you familiar with this? It's not forgotten? Have you heard of it? No, this is the first time hearing of it, and I am going to definitely make a point to listen to the uh, the first half of the show tomorrow uh, so I can uh, perhaps see if there's a story in here somewhere. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. It's, it's yeah. really pretty interesting. His personal story is interesting. The film... Uh, the story of the making of the film, eight years in the making. He sold his house in Beverly Hills that he paid for, you know, making 100 TV commercials. Uh, uh, sold his house to finance it. And, uh, you know, he has a lot on the line here <laughs> on May 15th. I feel, uh, I, I, hope it, I hope all goes well for him. So, yeah, if we can do anything to help get the word out, I think I think that would be worthwhile. Sounds like it would be worthwhile for sure. So now, do we have Robert on the line? I'm here. How are you? Mm, decent. How about yourself, fellow Buckeye? Uh, I am. I am well. I am well. You have rain down there. Uh, earlier, I'm not too sure if it's yeah, it's still raining. Yeah, we've had it pretty steadily here. My my daughter, younger daughter's first softball scrimmage was canceled, which doesn't bother me too much because I would have had to miss it, of course, <laughs> being here and all. So, you know, if I can't be there, no one should be able to be there. How very selfish of you. Exactly. <laughs> That's what it means to be a father. <laughs> That's what it's all about. So, Robert, you, uh, for those who don't know, uh, I, I, I'm certainly – Happy and willing to turn over the the primary grilling over to Lisa and Philip, but you've been writing for us for how long now? Um, I believe September, maybe uh, August of last year. Wow, so first still, still really first not all that long. How many stories have you written? Quite yeah. a few. Um, I believe almost a hundred at this point. Yeah, you've been very prolific, and a lot of those have been you've been covering the the sort of the the mobile. Uh, revolution, and in particular focusing on, on iPhone apps, right? Yeah. Yeah, you've done, what, a few dozen of those? Is it that many of those that you've done? Um, probably uh, 20, somewhere in that range. Yeah, wow, that's a lot. And I know they've been uh, very popular because, I mean, that's it is all the rage. But you have other interests, too. You write about sports. And uh, yeah. what is it? Are you covering hockey down there? Is that what it is? Um, I covered the Blue Jackets during the season, um, and I'm still doing my playoff predictions, which hopefully Anaheim keeps on winning, so I can still be right with that. Um, and I also am about to start uh, covering the Clippers for blog critics. The Columbus Clippers are a AAA affiliate of the uh, Cleveland Indians. Now, yeah, I'm Ooh. excited about that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we have all of our uh, all the Indians farm teams, or, or at least all the main ones, are now in state, which is which Fine, is right. a, a quite a trend I, I've noticed. You know, obviously it makes sense economically, and it's efficient. It makes it easy, a lot easier for for people to come and go, not just the players as they as they are promoted and demoted, but also you know go do some quick scouting and all that kind of thing. I think yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, there's also, um, I believe there was a legislative move to uh, give a tax benefit if you did that. Ah, I didn't know so. about that. 
Yeah, we got. I mean, just right here in in the Cleveland area, you have the Indians themselves. Um, you got the uh, let's see, you got a team in East Lake, is it? There's uh, a team in Warren, and of course Akron is the double the arrow yeah. is the double A team. I th- and there may even be another one, but that's that's four just right here, and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then not, not that Buffalo was that far. Uh, Buffalo was the Indians' Triple A team for a number of years, but uh, but that's not in state, of course. Of course not. All right. Well, uh, having having said hello, I'm certainly happy to turn things over to Lisa, and I think you guys have some. You're you're ready to 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 just just dig into those iPhone apps. Yeah, I am yep. definitely ready to dig in. I, I, Eric, I know that you haven't joined the cult yet, but uh, Philip and I both use iPhones, and I'm—I have a CrackBerry. Yeah. Which, yeah. which one? I'm sorry. <laughs> well, my wife got the two-for-one deal, so that's the only reason she did it, and it is the new. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. I think it's the Storm. It doesn't actually. Is it a touchscreen that that you have to press down on? Yes. Yes. Yeah, um, I'm about actually about to put up a review for that on a blog critics probably tomorrow. Good for you on on that on the phone itself. Yeah, this is is it the storm? Am I correct? Um, I would assume so. If that's it doesn't say anywhere on it. That's odd. It just says BlackBerry, but yeah, it is the push down and has all kinds of stuff I haven't even begun yeah. to figure out yet. That's the storm. I feel sorry for you. I can tell I can tell you what it doesn't have is it doesn't have a monthly column from Robert Barga. Well, that's true. Yeah. Now tell me why you feel sorry for me. I feel sorry for me because it seems exceptionally complicated. But why do you feel sorry it's, for me? Well, it, it's marketed as an iPhone killer, and it's I mean it has some interesting takes that I think would have done really well. It's just uh, RIM just pushed it out way too quickly, and I mean when I was using it the the whole fact that, number one, I had to find where on the screen to push, which I'm used to with my iPhone, you know, so I, I tap that area, but then I actually have to push down. It's not intuitive to, like, quick typing, you know, texting all us college kids do these days. It's not intuitive to anything, like, that is essential for my life. And so it just it doesn't work well, in my opinion, because of that. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Well, so far, all I've done with it is Make the occasional phone call. I don't. I don't do a whole lot of mobile calling anyway. But but of course it's really convenient to have when you do need it. You know. Um, I mean my my life. Uh, the logistics of my life are really pretty simple for the most part. I mean my office is only three blocks from my house. I don't have to spend a lot of time in the car back and forth. But you know, like when we're out and and the, there's a babysitter with the kids and stuff like that. You know, we certainly want to be able to to check in, and, and where I really used it, actually, right after I got it, was uh, at the Rock Hall thing. I mean, I did have to, I took pictures with it, not good ones, but I did take pictures with it, <laughs> right right on the red carpet, so that was cool. I'm sitting there trying to figure out how to make the freaking thing work, and this woman standing next to me said, yeah, I just got one, too, let me show you how to do it. So, thank God, she showed me how to do it. She was a, a columnist from the Plain Dealer, it turned out. And uh, we, we became pretty good friends, actually. And uh, in fact, sh- she's the one who got me into the actual concert. Because uh, it turned out when I got there, I was not told in advance that the press, press access, did not mean press access to the actual room where the concert was going on, You know where the actual ceremony was, which is, I mean, why would I want to be anywhere else? Uh, there was a whole separate room uh completely apart from it that that you know where they sequestered the poor press and your only contact was was via TV so here I'm all excited they had finally had this damn thing in Cleveland first time in 12 years it was only the second time they've ever had the induction ceremony in Cleveland all the rest of the time it's been in New York i've been covering it every single year from the rock hall very vicariously, because I'm just sitting at the Rock Hall watching it on a screen. So here I am, all excited to actually physically be there, and I get there, and it's the same freaking thing! I'm in another room watching the uh, the thing, watching the event, 
on a TV screen. I mean, I could have been anywhere. I could have been in Antarctica. So I said, this will not stand. And I was determined to get in, and, and I did. <laughs> That's where I used the phone uh, to take pictures and to, uh, you know, make a couple calls, of course. And I could have, if I, uh, uh, I could have, uh, I suppose, tweeted it, uh, but once I did get into the actual main room, it turned out no one had Internet access. And I verified. I was running around, saw people, saw reporters. The, the few reporters who did get in there officially, you know, like the, the plane dealer uh, music critic, of course, and a few others, and they all had laptops and none of them had access. Uh, so, so that wasn't my problem. But I, you know, I, I could have, if I'd had access at least through that. I mean, I do have that loaded on there, and it does get the email, and we kind of figure that out. Although I've never read email on there because it's just it just loads up and and it's full and it's a you know I, it's a nightmare. Anyway, so uh, I will uh, I will go away now. <laughs> iPhone apps. Um, Robert's uh, I Want, I Need, I Recommend column uh, does a monthly wrap-up of the top 10 iPhone applications. And as it happens, uh, the top 10 applications from April uh, happen to hit blog critics at around uh, 5.32 p.m. today. So uh, <laughs> conveniently, some editor who was going to be on this show tonight knew that that was impending. Um, so let's talk a little bit about some of April's uh, April's heavy hitters because I think there are a bunch here that look really interesting to me personally, and I want to start off with the one called I Rent Movie. So tell us a little bit about that one, Robert, and why it's cool and why it made your list. Okay. Well, for starters, that actually explains why you jumped over in the side tech area to edit. I was trying to figure <laughs> that out earlier. Well, apart um, from the fact that I'm the executive editor and I can go wherever I want. She can do whatever oh, the yeah. heck she wants, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, iRent Movie is more or less it's a, it's a portal to your Netflix account from your iPhone. And Netflix does have a mobile account, so you can go from your Safari browser. But it's really not that intuitive for the iPhone. It seems more geared towards, I hate to say it, the BlackBerry market. Huh. And so... Um, I rent movie is I believe it's actually made by Netflix. Let me make sure of that before I say it. Nope, it's not. It's a third party who makes it and basically it's you get everything that you would normally have in a Netflix. You can adjust your cues, you can uh go and move stuff around, you know, add stuff to your list, you can look at the lists of uh the top ten movies, the top hundred movies. Anything you can do on on the actual Netflix website you're able to do on this application. And, I mean, it, it's a $3 application, but it really, if you go to a movie and you want to add it to your list, you can do that. If you're talking about something at work and somebody mentions a movie, you can do it right then and there. You know, it, just, it gives you your, your rental cue at your fingertips, and I, I really like that. Yeah, I, I, that really appealed to me. I, I very frequently am away from my computer when I think of something I really need to drop into my Netflix queue. And yeah. this would just be perfect because... I've always got my phone with me. Yeah, well, yeah. normally I, I write down the movies in the little note application that comes with the iPhone. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, of course, I never remember to transfer them over, so I open it yeah. like every month yeah. and realize I have this giant list of movies I want to see. Yeah. <laughs> now, now the one, I, let me jump in and tell you, the one that left out at me more even than that was Tap Tap Coldplay. Uh, <laughs> the, the newest iteration of Tap Tap. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got I've got at least three of those things on my phone already, and and I'm I'm trying yeah. to resist spending five bucks on the Coldplay version. Well, I'm personally not a fan of the Tap Tap games. It's just that whole music genre. Even though it seems to be my generation's, you know, Pong has just kind of skipped me by. <laughs> um, I mean, I the first time I included it was in my uh, top of 2008, the original Tap Tap, and that was because of the cultural impact it had with the iPhone. I mean, it was the first non-Apple app to be featured on a commercial. You know, right. it's, uh, it's been the highest download for, I think, ever. And yeah, it was your, it was your number nine game, number nine app for all of 2008, and you don't even like yeah. it. I personally, I, I've come to accept it, and I mean, I enjoy them kind of. They're a fun little thing to ride on the bus when I'm heading into work. 
to play while riding on the bus, not to actually ride it. Um, but, I mean, Tap Tap Coldplay is just like the rest. It's, you know, music game, you tap the screen and the rhythm, except it's now all Coldplay songs, which, you know, means I actually might be forced to buy it because <laughs> I like Coldplay. Yeah, and I mean, I guess anybody who hasn't played these, this is, you know, basically it's, it's Dance Dance Revolution for your handheld phone or a Guitar Hero, if you're more familiar with that. Then uh, yeah. it's basically a little tiny miniature guitar hero. Yeah, there's um, there's three spots to tap on your phone, and just these beads will come down in time with the music, and you just tap when the bead gets to the spot. It's really, I mean, it's one of the simplest things to learn. Yet it's a rather addicting game, frankly, when you actually <laughs> get into it. I I haven't used any of those tap tap applications. They they sound like they might actually be too addictive which is probably why I haven't downloaded one to my phone yet. Yeah, they probably are. A good thing. <laughs> uh, another, another one that you have on here that actually appeals to me for a sort of a related but different reason is called Rest Area, um, which oh, yeah. tells you where all of the rest areas are as you're traveling around on the highway. And this feeds into uh, an idea that I've always had uh, about um, – my husband and I go into New York City quite a bit, and one of the things that's really important to know when you're in the city for any length of time is where the decent public restrooms are. There actually are. Um, I believe they were in my top ten of March. I'm not sure if they made it to my top ten. There is a series of apps. Um, they're called the go-to apps. I don't remember exactly who makes them. Um, but what they do is they literally will find you whatever. They're go-to for restrooms or go-to for, like, marathon gas stations. They have go-to for Burger King. You know, you get a White Castle crave, they got a go-to for it. You can find where the nearest White Castle is and how to get there. Well, that's sort like, of good because I guess that means I can cross, become an, I, an iPhone app developer off my to-do list then. I, I was <laughs> going to write that one and make my million and retire. <laughs> but I guess it, I won't. Yeah, they um, pretty much any idea you're going to come up with for an iPhone application, odds are somebody has already made it at this point. Yeah. yeah. So let me ask you, how many applications do you have on your phone? Um, I non-Apple applications, I have sixteen, maybe seventeen. So not a huge, gigantic amount. No, but if you actually look at my iTunes account where I, you know, I I, um, I manage, I have um, probably a couple thousand. <laughs> so you switch oh. out a lot. Well, yeah, I download them. You know, they sound interesting. I use them for a day, and then eh, they're just not going on my phone again. Yeah. My a lot of them are, are like that. My husband has eight screens full of applications. Really? What, I only have what, five. <laughs> Well, what he really wants is for somebody to write an app that will organize your apps. Um, you know, kind of like... There's actually... Um, there's a discussion in the the app and iTunes world area of the newest iTunes possibly having... You know how um, the current iTunes has the cover flow thing for music? Right. Yeah. Something like that for, for your apps where you would have your pages on your computer and you could arrange on your computer, which is, of course, a lot easier than on your actual iPhone. Right. And it would automatically do it that way. Huh. So, I mean, like, it's it's not exactly self-arranging, but it's, I mean, the mouse is much more useful than the tactile screen, so. Definitely. Well, especially since it's really hard to, like, scoosh those little tiles over into the next screen while oh, yeah. they're all sitting there shimmering at you. If they're dancing, you know, they're having a party. They're not going to get a So here, the, the one that, that really struck me, and, and I think I'm actually going to go download this later tonight, is Camera Zoom. Now, oh, yeah. Actually, you've used this? I have yet to use it. Um, this just sounds great. It's assuming that the description and the reviews that I've read are accurate, and I'm actually contacting the company at this point to do an actual, see if I can do an actual review for them for blog critics. Um, it's it's a dollar application. Um, it's number two this year. It was beat out by, by one other, well, a combination of two, actually. Um, 
the the iPhone is the only camera phone currently on the market that doesn't allow zoom of any sort. It's I mean, you know, we have this three hundred dollar phone and yet it can't zoom in. There's a slight problem there. And there right, has but, but, but a digital zoom I mean a digital zoom is just essentially a crop. It's not really, yeah. really a zoom. Correct. Um there there are some off market things that actually do zooms. They uh you attach those little lens on top of your camera lens right. and zooms and stuff. It's they're really stupid. But <laughs> what camera zoom does is it gives you a four times digital zoom. Um from what I understand it's it's relatively at four times, that's relatively it doesn't, you know, hurt the image too much. Um and that's in all honesty, it, it seems to be very useful when, you know, I go to a concert or something, I went to the Eagles concert and I want to take pictures and from the tickets I could afford, you know, I couldn't really see much with my camera. With my I, I tell you, as, as much as I, I'm semi-skeptical, last night I was watching Flight of the Concords from the balcony at uh, Nokia Theater in Grand Prairie, Texas, and kind of wishing, you know, I, I would have settled for a slightly blocky digital zoom just to get a better view of that. I, I finally just took a picture of my uh, my ticket stub because there was no way I was getting anything legible off the stage. Yeah, and I, so, I mean, this this should fix stuff like that. Um, there's, it also is being discussed as a potential feature in uh, not the 3.0 operating system for the uh, iPhone, but probably the next one will feature the Zoom. Right. In, like, and there's an assumption that the next actual iPhone model will have a physical Zoom. You know, it just occurred to me that one of the one of the issues with cameras on the iPhone is it, it takes relatively high resolution photos, but if you email them directly from the phone rather than letting them transfer into iPhoto first, um, yeah. it, it resizes them down tiny. So at that point, a digital zoom it would actually make a difference. I mean, because that way you're losing a ton of resolution when you email directly from the phone. The digital zoom would ensure that you don't actually lose that resolution. Yeah. It would it would only be goofy if you then transferred it to iPhoto and because <laughs> at that point it would be weird. Yeah, I mean as long as, long as you're not actually going to use the digitally zoomed image for you know a Photoshop expose or something, you know, right. it should be relatively decent. Yeah. So while we still have a few minutes of time left, let's talk a little bit about your number one apps from April, which were the Travel To and Travel Guide applications. Yeah. Um, these are actually it's a shared prize this time. Um, there's a set of applications, they're Travel To, um, and then they just have a, a country usually afterwards. They have a few cities like Paris and Berlin, you know, major cities. And it, it's pretty much a country travel guide. Um, you know, you, you go to the store, you buy one when you're going to Italy, and it's the same basic thing, except it's on your phone or your iPod Touch. And, you know, it, I, I believe it incorporates maps. You know, it does similar things, you know, what you would expect from that. Um, travel guide, which is the other one, is more city-oriented, and that is you would go get, you know, a Paris travel guide or, you know, there's, they have the tiniest cities that anyone would go to on a day, like Barga, Italy, as a travel guide. You know, they have – because all you have to do is request one, and they'll find someone to make it because enough people will actually end up buying it. Cool. And so they both of them are just – I mean, they're, they're just travel guides. They're both a dollar for either a country for travel to or for, for a city for travel guide itself. And, you know, they're, they're something you can use if you go – out of the country, you can have all that data at your fingertips, you know, and you can even you can use it to link to other sites if you want. If they have more information, you know, you you want to find out something about the Eiffel Tower, it'll not only tell you what it has, but it'll link to the Eiffel Tower's official site, stuff like that. Very cool. See what you're missing out on, Eric. Why? Why? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I I'm sure there's a whole world I'm missing out on, but. I don't know, you know. I mean, how often am I going to really use any of that in the real world? That's that's my question. The well, learning you ever go on road even, trips? The learning curve seems high. Sure, I go on road trips. Yep. Your used rest area. You know, uh, there's I, that. I, there's um. There's all sorts rest of stuff. areas. <laughs> who? I mean, you know, who needs to go to a rest area? <laughs> I'd rather go to a. <laughs> I'd rather go to a restaurant or a 
hotel or, you know. I'd rather pee on the side of the road than at a rest stop, frankly. <laughs> you know? I'll tell you, in, in all serious, Eric, you, you've got your Blackberry, so I'm, I'm sure it will meet your needs. But when you're, when it's time to replace your Blackberry and you switch to an iPhone, you will, you will find yourself surprised at how much you use it in ways you never thought you would. Yeah, uh, unless, my, uh, unless you're the, the one and only person in the world who doesn't have that experience. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my girlfriend and her mother were never going to get iPhones until they started playing around with mine. And, I mean, all my friends, they never wanted iPhones. Now they do. They just don't have the money. You know, it's you, you get an iPhone in your hands, and you will love the device. You know, even if you don't utilize any of the apps, you end up really liking it. I've played around with it. Uh, in fact, a kid, um, one of the one of the teenagers that you know we know from the pool, the the summer pool. Um, this is was it two years already? How long have they been out? Maybe two years. Yes, no, yes two years. Two years in June. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was like the first day he had, he got it. So he had it, you know. So I saw it within, you know, I don't know, a week or something. Of, of when it came out, and we were at a party, and he was there, and he was showing it to everyone, and he he already had it down, and was just flipping it around, you know, like he could, like he was a juggler, or no, like, like a magician, you know, where he's just flipping the cards, and it's like, God, what is that? So, I mean, I, I saw it, it looked cool, and looked, you know, kind of neat, and all that, but a lot of the stuff that people do, the, the kind of two big areas that people use it for, namely, games, and music, I'm not really interested in it. I don't want music on my phone, and I sure as hell don't play games on the phone. I don't play games actually, on the anything. I, I have to disagree. If if you look at my my age group, yeah, we primarily use it for games. But there are most of the applications. Oh, well, I shouldn't say most. A fair number of the applications are designed for office use. You have all sorts of, you know, um, Microsoft Office software on here. You have one of my things is a document scanner. You can use it to scan your contract and send it to a partner if you did that. You know, you have all all sorts of office things. It's the, the third party applications are actually making the iPhone, in my opinion, much more business oriented than the Blackberries ever have been. And that that's I mean, it's gonna just keep growing as the iPhone gets more and more powerful, it'll be able to run, you know, all sorts of things that you need in your office, your database system. You know, there's one that just came out. It'll definitely be making my May list. Um, it's any database you have, if it's run by Bentu, you know, that will be, you'll be able to access it. Almost anything you need for an office, you will be able to use on your iPhone. I should do well, a commercial. Well, yeah, you should. That, I mean, that's interesting, and I, I certainly can understand, you know, um, I, I can understand it intellectually. I'm, I'm not sure... If I'm there yet in terms of feeling, you know, feeling compelled to do so. I, I, I do understand all the, I mean, I see the just the proliferation of the apps, and I can, you know, I sure see, I think their commercials are very effective, you know, where where they're just showing you just a, a smattering of all the different things you can do, just stuff yeah. you'd never think of, really, you know. And, and, and all I go, yeah, wow, party. that's pretty cool. Always remember, every app they will show you is a third party now. And it's, I mean, they're designed not only for you as a consumer to go buy the app, but also for you as a developer to say, hey, if you make a really cool app, you'll be on a commercial. You know? Cool. There's some motivation. Well, yeah. uh, we're at three minutes after, and uh, so I suppose we want to wrap things up. I will certainly, again, leave it leave it to you guys, but that is all interesting stuff, and uh, I'm probably not supposed to reveal this, but I think it's pretty important and relevant. Um, You know, the SciTech section, uh, on average anyway, certainly, uh, and and sometimes it's just not even close, has uh, frequently the highest ratio of of traffic to articles. So certainly... Mm -hmm. Certainly, you know, a lot of that is, uh, you know, you're you're one of the real foundations of that section, and I'm and I'm sure your your series on apps is is a real fundamental and key part of that. So we certainly appreciate that, and and it's uh, succeeding very well. 
That's good. <laughs> and makes it worthwhile. Yes, absolutely. And the film section likes your Blu-ray reviews, too. Mm-hmm. The film section likes your Blu-ray reviews as well. Oh, oh, you're welcome, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> we're just we're just trying to say that you rock, Robert. <laughs> well, of course I rock. I, I don't need you to tell me that. I knew that. So, are, you a, are you a student at Ohio State? Yeah, I'm a, a poli sci major with a uh, English minor. What year are you? I'm a junior. So are you like twenty twenty one? I'm twenty one. Turned twenty one on Pi Day this year. Yeah. Sweet, I, March fourteenth. I have two children older than you. Ha ha. Yeah, well, I have no children, so I think I'm better off in that deal. <laughs> For now, absolutely. <laughs> At your age, yes, you're yeah, I know. far far better off. I would I would have to say. Yeah, my my son uh, my son is graduating from UC, so he's also in state uh, down Cincinnati with a a degree in archaeology, and he graduates in about a month or so. And uh, my daughter also went to UC, and she's she's back up here now, being an artiste, and um, she's about halfway through her master's in. Art therapy. She's almost 25, and he's almost 22. That's my my sister's age. She's like 24, so we're similar. (laughs) So I'm talking to someone who is the peer of my son. So think how weird that is. Oh, you know what? I just turned everything off. (laughs) Sorry. All right, show's over. Uh, I just accidentally clicked. I just closed my browser and everything went away. So we're off the air. But thanks again. I thought that was great. Very interesting. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Thank you, guys. All right. Thanks, Robert. Bye, guys. On the forum. Bye-bye. Bye.